Hey, what's good, y'all? It's Nate, and welcome back to the Let's Get Real podcast. Today we have my friend, uh, a man I work with, a man who leads me. His name is Josiah Thomas. He's a Asian man, a pastor in Tacoma as well, and absolutely loves Jesus. And today we have a conversation simply about his experience, now his life has been, and how the BLM movement impacted his heart and his soul, and how we can have better conversations. Enjoy this episode because I know I did. Thank y'all so much. Peace. good welcome back to let's get real podcast talent how you doing baby i'm doing good man i can't complain bro uh, i just had a poopy drive home about an hour and 10 minutes i sat in traffic it was not the greatest but hey we made it baby we're here we're live let's hey, we're go let's go. <laughs> hey and today if y'all didn't know you probably can see it in the title we got my boy josiah thomas on the podcast podcast joe how you doing bro I'm doing great. You know, got in that workout today, day number one. Hey. And we're we starting strong. Let's go. Hey, Josiah was, Josiah's kind of buff. I won't lie. He's kind of chucked up. Hey, you know, I keep it, I keep it hidden with the baggy clothes. Yes. Yeah, but I'm sneaky. Let's I'm sneaky go. out there. Bro, we felt, I felt like we were a football team today. Dude, seriously. About to get, about to get Matthew drafted. For Ooh. real. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, every time I take him to the gym, I'm like, there was this TikTok and um, he's, I don't know if you've seen it, but he's like lifting the bar and it's like when your protege can't pass you and the guy starts pushing the bar down. <laughs> That's how I feel about Matthew right now. I'm like, no, don't go any further. You're done. Oh my gosh. You're done. But Joe, how you been, bro? What you been up to? What's COVID look like for you? How Scale of one to 10. What's been going on, bro? Well, I think when we started, when we started COVID quarantine, it's kind of like exciting. You know, you're at home. I know I was, I was taking my golf club, hitting some ping pong oh, balls. You, you golf, bro? I try. I try. That's good news. <laughs> we got to hit the links. Oh, you do too? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been trying. Uh, yeah, so. <laughs> hey. I'm, hey. I'm, not, I'm no Jordan Spieth, but I get out there sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Dude, let's do it. Yep. Once, once the cold goes away and the rain and stuff, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait till like April. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, after the pandemic is over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, the golf course is still open. Oh yeah, yeah that was one yeah, of the first things. He opened that before he opened the church. I didn't mean to cut you off. My bad, bro. <laughs> no, you're good. So yeah, I think it started out um, all fun and dandy. You know, kind of exciting. Getting the Warzone dubs, Xbox Live, all that stuff from home. Nate streaming, <laughs> help, helping him grow his Twitch, hey. his Twitch account. But I think this this second time around, we just got shut down. I don't know, two weeks ago, kind of like just hit me a little different. Kind of like, mm. man, this is frustrating. I don't really like working from home. Um, I like being with the people, and so I'm kind of just dealing with like, okay, what if this if this is how it's going to be, like how are we going to get through it, mm. and even sharing with students too. I was, I took a student out to Chick-fil-A yesterday and he was dealing with the same thing. And I'm like, bro, I'm with you, man. Don't, don't look at me and think like I'm all high and mighty or whatever, but like this affects everyone. That's real. He was like, he was like, can I get some advice? And you're like, 
can I get some advice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bro, bro. Yeah, what you doing? How you <laughs> That's oh, funny. That's funny. That's yeah. real. That's so real. Talen, have you faced? Have you felt that kind of too with like students? You're like, I don't know. Like they're asking you for like, how you doing in the quarantine? You're like, trash. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, no, for real, bro. Like, you know, I get to tell them like the only thing that I get to do being in quarantine is see my now fiance. Um, hey. But before it was just like, I was just kicking at the crib by myself, playing video games. You know what I mean? No working out. There was, I put on the, what you call the quarantine 15. Hey, uh, hey so bro, I'm with you. I'm with you. Been, <laughs> it's been tough. You know what I mean? Uh, to say the least, but like playing video games, bro. And see my girl. And that's they're like, yeah, I can't even see my girl. Like some of the students, their parents won't even let them come to youth group anymore because it's like, yeah. Until this is done, you're staying at home. You know what I mean? You're yep. not going to put me at risk. So, which makes sense, right? Because it's the younger people giving it to older people. So you're like, yeah. you got to make sure they're taken care of, you know, of their stuff. So, but no, I've never, I've never had any issues with like not being able to give kids advice in the season. I, I, I had, I had a kid, they go, they go, uh, man, I'm sad. And I texted the kid, I said, me too. <laughs> You could tell the kid was like, you were like, I was supposed to be like, why? Hey, how can I pray for you? Yeah. And it flipped. He was like, hey, you good? Like, you need anything? <laughs> I was like, hey, if you could pray for me, that would be dope. <laughs> but how can I pray for you, Pastor? Yeah, it's a it's a different season. Oh, if you guys don't know, Josiah is a youth pastor as well. Um, he is the go over here at Life Center. Let's go. The vet. He's the uh, he's the vet. Till in this Joe's a vet in the game. Dude, I don't even know how it happened. I blacked out like halfway through. <laughs> Woke up like, ten years in. Like what? <laughs> Dang, ten years, bro. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, I, like, I'm, I think I think I'm like going seven or eight. Okay, but well, that's still a long time. Let's go. Hey, that's I still a long like, time. I feel like I'm uh Brett Far. I feel like I'm Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre right now, bro. <laughs> He's just getting Hall of Fame numbers, and I'm just like, dang. Dang, I'm on the same team. Your time's coming, bro. <laughs> oh, stop, Your time's bro. coming, bro. All right, Your time is now. Your time I is love, now. <laughs> I love gassing up Joe because Joe, like, Joe doesn't know what to do. I love it. I love it. I feel like both of us really, like, have no idea how to respond to be like, yeah, thank you. We're like, chill, chill, chill out. Like, what, is, like, what would it, like, how would you look at me if I was like, yeah, that's right, baby. Let's go. What's up? Get behind me. <laughs> look, I would be like, yo, I got to go, guys. You guys can do this one by yourself. <laughs> uh, yo, this is, this uh, is who you kick it with, bro? This is your man? <laughs> <laughs> this is your man. <laughs> hey, this y'all? This y'all right here? <laughs> Oh, oh man! Oh, that's how you do it in Tacoma. Oh. <laughs> okay, and attack town life, boy. <laughs> that's funny, bro. That's super funny. <laughs> anyway, all that to be said, Josiah, thanks so much for hopping on the show, bro. Um, yeah, for home. And so, obviously, I intro just before this, um, pre-recorded, and I said, "Yo, today we're gonna talk about Josiah, um, our experience, and we kind of want to talk about the BLM movement." When we might not get super into the nitty gritty, but what we will get into is the nitty gritty of Josiah's experience with that. And so this episode is simply going to be about this. 
Josiah is an Asian man. And I got to firsthand witness what the BLM movement, um, seeing people murdered in the streets, like how he internalized that uh, and also how he outputted that. And it was like it was like life changing for me. And so I'd I want to lend here and I want someone across the world to be like, dang, like maybe this is one of the ways I start to step into this conversation. So, Josiah, like take us five months before quarantine. Where would you say you were at? in regards of racial conversations, racial justice. Uh, I don't like to say social justice, but that's kind of what it's poured into. Where would you say you were before kind of your your moment, if you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would say I was kind of living, living in this world, kind of uneducated, unaware um, of kind of like the significance of race. And when I say that, I even mean my own race. And I think a part of like what I've gone through, like the past however many months um, was kind of acknowledging first myself and the role I have in society, the role Asian Americans have in America um, as, as a half Japanese um, man, like what, what role do I play? And so I think before, before all of that, I just was going, going with whatever America was giving me. You know, white whitewashed America of just like, hey, this is this is what it looks like to be an American, and I had no idea of the racism, the injustice, um, the the systemic just cruelties that like minorities, black, brown face every single day, mm. and like I've heard I've heard of things here and there, hear stories, but it didn't hit me. Like for some reason, like it didn't really hit my heart and just kept going through life doing my own thing Hmm. you touched on you touched on something super key um in that piece and you kind of just said like just going through life like at the end towards that and and so what does that like what does that look like because i think a lot of especially believers um until then you could probably speak to this as well like i feel like a lot of us believers are in this place even people of color like We're kind of like, okay, it happens. All right, let's move on because that's what we've been taught. So what is that? What what did that look like for you? I think in order to like kind of because it's hard to explain without explaining where I'm at right now. And so I think an example would be I went through I graduated from, from Wilson High School um, and I had no like recollection that there was only one teacher that was of Asian descent. Huh. So there was only one teacher in the entire high school that was the same ethnicity as me. And I didn't even have him as a teacher hmm. yet. He was my, he was my tennis coach and we had a great bond from that, but there was only one person that was a teacher that looked like me. And so what does that tell agents at that school of what they can become and where they can go in life? And like, I had, no, I had no idea of this while I was going through Truman middle school, Wilson high school, all this stuff huh. until like, until I started to understand of like just white supremacy, uh, whatever, like, I don't want to go too, too into it right now, but like, (laughs) like just understanding the power structure of the United States of America and understanding my people aren't in there. Yeah. And I was like, dang, like, dang, this is crazy. Like Mm. I've lived my whole life and my parents didn't even tell me like that being a minority, this is what you face and this is what you have to go through. Like I lived my whole, my whole life, like 28 years and didn't, and had no idea 
the plight of a black man in America, had no idea what it means to be Filipino, what it means to be Asian. I had no idea of like what it truly means to try to try to be what you want to be in America while being black or brown. Wow. Italian Josiah and spicy. Yeah, he is. That's <laughs> that's some that's some good intake, bro. Like I've had, you know, multiple conversations with not even Asian Americans, but like, you know, Philip like the Filipinos or the Mexicans or, you know, like and they look at, you know, what black history meant. And they kind of teach that a little bit in the schools. You know, you kind of hear about racism, you kind of hear about slavery a little bit, right? But you don't know exactly what happened. And when they learn, when they see it opens up their eyes to what's going on today. And yeah. like, like you, they get behind it and they're understandable. And like, it's it, and to not like touch on, you know, BLM already, but it's like, they know that it's not something that's going to go hmm. out and hurt people, but we're here to like spread cause to an issue that's happening for, you Come know, on. a culture of people who have been oppressed for years and it's yeah. still happening. So proud of you, man. Good for you, dude. That's awesome. I think it's, I think, I think it's crazy also when it comes to the word oppression, like the black man or the black, like black man and woman have a certain history of oppression, but like, unless, at least to my knowledge, unless you are a white male, all of us have experienced, our bloodline have experienced some type of oppression. And so I feel like once we learn like about that, we go, oh, shoot, hold up. I remember that. <laughs> like, like learning, yeah. like learning about the oppression of uh, of immigrants. And like for me, the Latino and Latina community and learning that I was like, oh, wait, I've been looked at as as dirty sometimes as well. And it's yeah. crazy. I guess it's crazy to me. I don't know what you think, Josiah, but it's crazy to me. Like once I see I, I've always seen oppression in my own life. But once I finally look at the other, like the other in quotes person's life, I go, oh my goodness, like they've been oppressed too. They've been going through some ish as well. And so is that kind of what you would say kind of the experience was? Yeah. And I, I mean, to some extent, because I didn't, I thought what I grew up in was normal. Hmm. Like, and it wasn't, nothing was wrong with it. Like the racism I experienced, the oppression whatever like the the lack of representation i thought that was normal like i thought that's just that's just life like not a lot of people look like you not a lot of people understand what where you come from like i thought that was normal and so i would say when i when my eyes were open to the oppression of black people in america and these murders in the streets and these killings and and just like just insanity like i then started to reflect on my own life and being like wait, I know that's wrong out there. And then I looked at my own life. I was like, dang, like I've been messed up too. Like, mm. like I started to kind of go back through like, okay, that, what that, that thing that happened to me, that was wrong. Like, cause you, I just grew up thinking like, oh, this is all okay. Mm. Until it kind of hit me and be like, no, this is, this isn't okay. And it was never okay. Mm. It was never okay. That's the quote that's going on the, that's going on the front. <laughs> And I think I think what's so key to that, and I'd love for Talyn to speak into this, is we are all ministers, leaders, pastors in some type of sense. And so when this get when this gets mixed with faith, it gets really messy, really quick. 
Come and on. Talyn and I have done episode after episode going, but why? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I guess this is just an open conversation. But why? Because like you could go your whole world not following Jesus, but you you could be anti-racist and be a great person and, and, and lift up and take people out of strongholds. But it seems like when we go, hey, Jesus person, can you do that? They go, wait a second. And so, okay, now couple your experience with kind of learning, but also learning while you're in a Jesus community that's predominantly one race, holistically in America. It's a big question, but like, why does that get so messy, you think? I was told this stat today that the most segregated day is on Sunday. And um, it kind of threw me back because I was like, wait, what? What do you mean by that? And he goes like, Think about it. The Pentecostal Baptists, those people are at their church doing their thing. And then, you know, the Christians, they're at their church doing their thing, right? Where you and I and and Josiah step into a predominantly, you know, different looking church than what we are. Um, sometimes people can be taken back by it. Like, what are you doing here? Like, why are you in my community? You know, like they grew up in their community with their own, with their people. Right. And so then you you have a guy like me step into their community and it's it's throwing them off. And so when you're asking for a helping hand, it's not like, a yeah, I'll help you. It's like, a no, you're not from my you're not from my neck of the woods. I don't know you. It's just like the same guy from like you get a transfer that comes from, you know, some other school that mm -hmm. comes to your basketball team. And yeah. he he tries to, you know, be the top guy, starting guy. He's asking for all this help. And you're like, bro, I don't know you where you come from. This was our squad already. What are you doing? Right. And Dang. so I don't look at it as like yeah. they're not trying to help my community. It's more just like you're an outsider in a place that I'm familiar with. How yep. can I how can we be on the same page here? And then I have to step out of my comfort zone. Right. To make myself familiar with what you guys are cultured with and, and wow. make myself fit in there. You know, and so it, I mean, it's it's Back. not a good thing. It's not a good thing, but it happens. So that's good. <laughs> Shoot. Dude. Dang, bro. <laughs> that, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to shut you guys up. That analogy <laughs> or that med bro, that that analogy is beautiful, beautifully put. Because if you ever I remember when I was a fifth grader, this is obviously isn't like high school, but I remember when I was a fifth grader, right? Walked into the classroom and every kid, there bunch of mixed kids. I don't really race at this point, like wasn't an issue, I think, in this context. But I was new and I was different and I wasn't like them. And so they turn to me and go, who the heck is this dude coming in? <laughs> and so when I sit in their desk and when I do schoolwork, they're like, who, who are you? Yeah. And, and they don't want to help you. And I remember I would ask to sit at tables and they would shoo me away. And they like, and I remember that. And it's that it's that you're not like us. And also you don't do, you don't do things the way we do them here. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know, Joe. What, what, do you, what do you think? Why do you think we get so messy when it comes to this this place? Well, I think it's like it's become a sad realization, like for myself personally. Like I grew up in the church. I grew up at the church I work at currently, and so it it was never it never dawned on me like this in group out group thing. Mm -hmm. Like it was just like, hey, this is my church. This is what I'm going to go to. I'm a part of it. Cool. But I think the more like Black Lives Matter comes to the spotlight, more like racism racial injustice all that stuff like you're you're beginning to see like tr people's true colors mm. and beginning to see that like however like our church is 
100 plus years old. But, but like for these 100 plus years, we've gotten so comfortable with loving who we want to love and have forgotten who Jesus really loves. Hmm. And so I think like you get into this comfortable state of like, hey, this is this is how I'm going to live my life. And this is how I'm going to believe. And this is how I'm going to love. And this is how I'm going to think. And then once someone interrupts that ideology and theology, people are like, whoa, whoa, bro. Like, we don't do that here. Like, really? Like, can we go back to what Jesus like told us to do and how he told us to live and and the people he loved and the people like the people groups he were a part of. And so I think we just got so comfortable with like us two no more and like really forgot about like, like who Jesus died for, like, and like who Jesus like spent his life with the kind yeah. of people. Yeah. Huh? That's real. That's yeah. good stuff, man. Dude. I, th- you guys, sheesh, I should get off the podcast, bro. Y'all crushing it. Um, stop. But I think about, I think about what, I think what you guys are saying and I'm hearing a lot of like us versus them mentality. And I think, and, and we're going to, we're going to keep going with this to kind of get to like the big moment or whatever. But, us versus them mentality, but it's crazy because like, as we, like I was taught scripture early on, like us versus them mentality is like good people versus sinners. That's what I was taught. Um, from every, from most of the religious institutions that I learned from and, and gained information from it was us versus them. Any like either way. So it's cool. Maybe it wasn't like white people versus black people, but it was, Hey, you're good. Make sure you don't hang out with the bad people. Hmm. And as I grew up, I learned, oh, my goodness, this is actually in everything. It's like the same way, like when we all learn, like we're all like adults are like mature and different and they handle conflict the right way. And then you grow up and you realize and all, all of us can look and go, uh, they're kind of just like teenagers. They just got money. Hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, well, some of them, some of them, some of them, I'm, you know, whatever. Anyway, but like I think it's this us versus them mentality and for us to learn in this conversation and learn in these issues, we got to get, we got to erase that. Mm -hmm. We got to say, Hey, we got to throw that one in the trash. And so Joe, I guess my next question for you, bro is all right, cool. So before that's where you were five months and kind of talked about where you are now, but like, was there like a moment, was there a, a sentence, a word you heard, a, a story? Like, what kind of, like, for lack of better terms, I put the nail in the coffin for you. It was like, oh, bro, this is this is real, and my heart's going to hurt for this issue. Yeah. <clears throat> I think, um, I, think I, I told you this story, too, like, maybe, like, the next, the next day after. But... Um, I think it was the morning after like the Ahmad Arbery murder, like was on, on the screen. Um, I called you and checked in like, Hey, how you doing, bro? Like, just wanted to like, see where you're at, how you're feeling today. And you're like, Hey, you know, I'm going, going through it and appreciate you calling. Love you, bro. Awesome. Okay. I get off the phone with you. And then I call my other friend who's black and it was a, totally different conversation and i called him and he like pretty much like blew up on me and was so frustrated because he is that black friend to all these white people in his life like he is that one black friend Hmm. and 
And he told me, he was like, bro, you're the, like the 40th person who's called me to check in how I'm doing. And you're trying to, and like, he just kept on going on this rant of how like hurt and broken and frustrated he was with being used as that black friend and people kind of like the white saviorism, like, Hey, how are you doing? And words like not out of authentic relationship, but it's just out of like this guilt Mm. and this sorriness inside them. And so he just goes on like, Josiah, do you, do you even know who Emmett Till is? Like, do you know who, what happened to Sandra Bland and Trayvon Martin and all these, like, he just lists the names of people. And I'm like, I had to like talk to him. And I was like, no, like I've never even heard of Emmett Till. Hmm. Like, and, and he continued on and to a point where like, I'm driving to the meeting and I'm like, I'm in tears because he is like, all I hear is pain. All I hear is hurt. All I hear is. Like, I, I just, I felt for the first time in my life, I felt this is my best friend. Mm-hmm. I felt the hurt of what he's dealt with his entire life. And it broke me. Mm. And I went home and got on my phone and I, I read article after article, Emmett Till, Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, and you go, the list goes on. And I, I, and it was terrible, like watching videos, but I'm like, I got to know this stuff. I got to know what, yeah. what he, where he's coming from, what he's, what he feels. And we didn't talk for a week. And then I, I like eventually called him cause we were both frustrated cause we both hurt each other's feelings. <laughs> and, um, um, we just kind of made up and, um, I don't know. I told him like, I'm, I apologize. And I got, I think from that point on, like, I was like, that's not okay for me to not know. And it's mm-hmm. definitely not okay. And it's definitely not okay for me to not do anything. And I think from that point, then you put the Bible behind it yeah. <laughs> and it just ignites a fire and you put my, my own, my own journey you know, through, through racism, through being an Asian in America. And like, it just, it just started this journey and this passion inside of me to, to continue at this work at whatever cost. Yeah. So in that moment, you were kind of like, I wouldn't even say blind to the situation. Cause that's not the word. That's not like the terminology I want to use to it, but that's kind of what it was, right? Like you were blind to the situation. So for, for sure. the blind blind ear listening to this, what would you tell them right now to get them to understand if they're going against what the movement is or if they're going against what they hear in social media about, you know, what, you know, Black Lives Matter means or just these black issues, period. Let's take Black Lives Matters out of it. Just these black issues, period of, you know, you know, feeling like the culture's on fire for you, me and the other, uh, you know, uh, I don't like using this term, but of color people, what would you say to them to like, get them to like, not even understand, but like, what would you get them to like, hear what like you kind of heard to, to come to, if that makes sense? Yeah, I would say like, cause I think a lot of the reason why um, like that moment happened for me is because this was, this was my best friend. This was mm-hmm. someone, um, we have been through thick and thin together for five plus years, yeah. even, even longer than that, even since high school. And so, um, 
I think what I would say to every single white person who doesn't understand this or isn't at that point yet, like get people who are of color in your life, get black people, get brown yeah. people. And don't, and don't just be like, Oh, this is because Josiah said so, or this is so I can understand, but like, no, actually befriend yeah. people who don't yeah. look like you actually yeah. befriend people who are facing racism and injustice in this country. And like, not like one coffee, tell me your story crap. Like actually be their, be their friend. Like actually do life mm, with them for like five, ten, five, ten years and begin yeah. to understand. Cause then That's that will good. break your heart. Because That's when good. it happens, when it happens to your brother or sister, it, and it doesn't affect you, okay, something's wrong. Yeah. But if it's your brother or sister, it's going to affect you and it's going to yeah. reach your heart. Yeah. Come on. That's good. Yep. That's good. Yeah. Hmm. And, and like, so y'all know, like, Joe's not blowing smoke. Like, yeah. this is real. Like, I saw, like, after that conversation, I remember we, early on in COVID, we were, like, handing popsicles out. And Joe's like, bro, this is what I've been learning. Like, we're going through, like, the system and systemic issues. And before I knew it, like, Joe was like, hey, yo, break the system. The revolution will not be televised. Like, this and and it's, it's, it's funny. This and, I, and I'm joking. But I get to it to say, like, it got real. Uh, I, I don't know if I've shared any of this story with either of you, but you guys know my boy, um, Matthew. It's He's like my son. He calls me dad. We lift every day together. He's a white boy. And one day we got pulled over in the car together. And uh, an officer was, like, scared of me. Um, mm. And an officer in the behind us had a hand on his gun. Matthew saw it, stared at him the whole time. And my t- only thing is when my tail light was out and they uh, got, pu- I got pulled over. She was scared. I was terrified. Insurance was all good. Kept it pushing. We're at a camp though. And this, 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 this is what I'm trying to say. We're at a camp and that relationship, because Matthew knows me. Matthew hangs out with me. Matthew asks questions and I, he, he breaks down. He's angry because an issue had happened at camp and he's mm-hmm. angry at all the white people at the camp. Hey, y'all don't get it. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've seen people when they when I, when I walk with Nate, they get uncomfortable. Hey, are you okay? Hey, are you good? Why is he driving you everywhere? I've been asked the questions in my neighborhood saying, who's that black dude that drops you off all the time? And, and so what Joe's saying is so key is like that relationship is huge. Cause that's when it get and, and and it's sad to me. It's a little sad that that's what it takes for it to get real to people. Um, I mean, Joe, I remember you telling this. Like, does would I have to die for the people in my life that don't agree with this issue for them to understand the issue? Mm. That's sad. Yeah. You know, like would Talin have to would Talin have to be hurt, not die, but just hurt for them for people in Talin's life to go, oh, sh- oh, Talin, this is a real issue. Yep. And so that relational piece, bro, is is massive. Whew. Man, that's that's real. That's real. I think I think the last part of this kind of race conversation I'll go to um is um oh we got a baby crying in the back. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh but like I, th- I guess the last thing I would say kind of when it comes to this race conversation is, okay, okay, cool. So now you were there before. You kind of had the conversations during. 
now you're I would say is seven, eight, nine months, six months into your wokeness, you know, whatever you want to say. I know that's corny. But what do you do now? Right. Because a lot of people, what they do, Joe, until you know this, too, is they show up to the conversation. They ask a black person, hey, what's it like to be black? Then they hop out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. So and I'm not even going to go there. Yeah. But oh, for sure. Because there's so many, I mean, my community. I'm not going to go there. I'm not even going to go there. Yeah, but yeah, I get it. So how do I, how do I, listening, where, no, what, no matter where I'm at this conversation, how do I not just do that and hop back out, but I stay in it? How? I, I don't, I don't, I don't have like an answer that says this is what you're supposed to do to stay in it. But I think it, it, it it takes its toll on on guys like us that are that are in it where we're supposed to feel like we're you know hey guys i know your social media looks the same as it was before this but guess what black lives still matter or hey guys there are still videos being posted of you know racism happening with cops and black people it's it hasn't stopped since george floyd you know what i mean it is continuing to happen there's i saw a video maybe two days ago where, uh, and I could be wrong, it could be about a week ago, where it showed a comparison of a white guy holding a knife and what happened with him, and then this recent killing of a black guy holding a knife and what happened with him. And it's like, man, this it's not over, guys. Like, hmm. And so, and I'm not telling people to be social media warriors because that doesn't matter, right? But like, I think it starts with, with the, the heart like, are we, are we actually, do we actually care about what we said we care about six months ago? Are we actually still checking in on our quote unquote black friends? Are we still yeah. checking in on our colored friends? Like, are we still in the mix with these people trying to figure out and understand what they went mm. through, what they're going through, how they're feeling in the midst of things that just happened only six months ago? It doesn't take six months for you to get over something, right? But like, it, it like, I still feel some pain from stuff that happened when all this stuff was happening and you had race wars on Facebook, what I deleted my Facebook, I deleted Twitter, I deleted social media for a while because I didn't want to hear that. But like, there's so much still going on. And I think for the people who aren't still fighting the good fight, check in on your people. That's all I can say is like, make sure the people that yeah. are around you who are facing this and they don't even have to be black. It could be white people feeling it. Cause I've known white people that went harder than me at protests going harder than me. And I'm I'm so serious For about real. it, before, right? But like, check on check in on your people who this meant something to them. If you actually care about them, that's that's the only thing I can think of, where it's like, don't give up the fight. Check in on your people. Yep. For mm. sure. Joe, Joe, what do you think, bro? I think like you can't just like sit down and have a conversation with a black man, and then be like, okay, yeah, I I get it, I understand. And like continue, even continuing to to check in on someone who's doing the work, but actually start doing the work yourself. Like yeah. it's so it's easy to like, okay, I had a conversation with with a black friend. Cool, you check the box, but like actually be a part of the work. Like there there are organizations and businesses that are are doing the work to to break down a systemic system or a systemic um, injustice, like in, in like supporting black, black owned businesses, 
supporting urban leagues, supporting people who are actually fighting the fight and trying to like educate people on race, like actually, actually get in the nitty gritty stuff where it's like, man, I'm tired because I'm, I'm learning and I'm doing the work. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people. Y'all, y'all remember participation trophies. All right. I don't know about y'all, but my dad said no. Like, he took every participation trophy. I didn't get to keep them. I remember going to friends' houses, and I'd be like, Dad, look, they got all their trophies. And he was like, so? They didn't win anything. And when I remember when I won the champ, when we won the championship, I know it's not wrong. I remember when we won the championship, and he was like, cool, you can keep this trophy. And I was like, oh, that's tight. And I think so many people want to show up to the competition, get their participation trophy, yep. and then bounce out. Yo, I posted this. Yo, I did this. Yo, I read this book. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like any, it's any relationship, man. I can't be like, yo, I'm Josiah's boy. If I don't check up on him, mm. if I don't see how he is, mm-hmm. if we don't play some wars, you know, like small little things. But like, if I don't continue to do the work to be homies, like at yeah. one point I'll be like, Josiah's my friend. He'd be like, wait, hold on. Well, no, you're not. <laughs> and I think that's so often what we do is like. One, don't, you know, we can't, you know, don't call yourself an ally until you're doing the work. You know, all these kinds of things that we put on as badges of honor, um, I think we can't do. It's the same way as like in, you know, in pastoring young people. Like, I can't call that my dude, my little bro until he calls me his little, his big bro. You know what I mean? Or like, Mm -hmm. I didn't call Matthew my son until he called me his dad. You know what I mean? Like, it's that relationship that goes both ways. So, Joe, thank you so much for kind of sharing your heart on that and getting emotional bro we need that it's real bro, that yeah. yeah your story is i mean i hope every person that listens to this feels the pain that i felt listening to you talk about hearing your brother in pain you know like i've had you know family members go through things where you know i feel their heartache you know what i mean and and josiah you and i met a few times where yep. You know, we had some good conversations and stuff, but I felt your heartache when you talked about that. And I feel like a lot of people who are listening are going to do the same. So, I mean, I appreciate you coming on and being vulnerable in that situation, but that was, that's huge. That's amazing. Yeah, no problem. Let's go. It's real, bro. Cool, man. Well, we're going to go somewhere else, but this is what I think, bro. Let's, what is, let's just, let's kind of lighten up the mood a little bit before we jet out of here. And I kind of just want to talk about like, what do you love? about doing what you do. We usually used to, we used to ask this question a lot and I wanted to ask it again, just to you, because, um, I think I, you, you're a vet in the game. We talked about that in the beginning. And so I kind of talked to that, like, what do you love about what you do? Um, specifically being a pastor. Yo, that's easy. Let me pull up a text. Let me pull up a text for you real quick. Um, this was sent to me by a student. He's a junior. Um, in high school and kind of been walking with him through probably for about two years now. Um, and literally his first time like hanging out, I drove him to summer camp. I was like, the bus was full. The bus was full. I don't really know this kid. And I was like, Hey, hop in my car. We're going to go to summer camp. Could be completely illegal, but it's okay. You got the summer (laughs) camp. (laughs) It was awesome. It was safe. Um, but he sends me this text on Thanksgiving and it, it reminded me, like, okay, this is why you do what you do. Hmm. Um, it's a happy Thanksgiving. I wanted to let you know that I'm beyond thankful for you and everything you have done for me. 
since the day we first met. You've changed my life in ways that I can't even express. And I couldn't be more grateful to have you in my life. I hope all is well. Lada, lada, lada. Like, and like, I got that. And I've never, he's never expressed this to me ever. <laughs> like, I'm like, bro, I thought you don't like me. Like, <laughs> and he like, he sends this text to me and like, it shows like you put in the time um, and investment into actual authentic, genuine relationships and students feel that students receive that they may not always show it to you but you are impacting them and so I think that's like the most favorite favorite part of like what I do is like creating those genuine relationships where I know like hey this isn't just because you're a butt in the seat but like I know this because we're going to be able to do life beyond like your high school you know beyond your attendance yeah and at LC students like I know this is like a lifelong journey together and I think like that gives me joy. That gives me hope, you know, cause I, I want those, I desire those people in my life, you know, to pour into me and to care about me to check in and see how I'm doing. And I love doing that for, for these kids. That's good, bro. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like you are super relational, like always kicking it with students and always kicking it with people, always hanging out with people. And, uh, it circles everything that we've been talking about. Um, I really do feel like is at the at the core of being a great friend, a great fiance, a great husband, a great pastor, a great person is having genuine relationships with people. And so whatever this episode is titled, like at the core of it and tell me if I'm wrong, but like at the core of everything we're talking about, the reason I ask you is the thing you love about as a pastor is, it's relationship. Yep. It's building those genuine relationships. And so, like I said, like, don't just show up to conversations with students, with adults in your church. If you're a pastor listening to this, like, don't just show up and expect you get their respect. Don't just show up to a, a BLM conversation just because you have a black friend and his name is Talin. Like, don't just like, don't just show up and be like, hey, I arrived. But really gain and grow yeah, a true relationship well. with each other because um, that's what it's about to land bro you got any final thoughts for us doc sorry i was on mute um my final thought is i love you guys <laughs> no i don't i don't have like an actual final thought today's conversation was so good and I think I think just having the conversation with somebody different um, that's not of the white descent kind of touched me a little different than than it normally would. Hmm. Um, so, to me, man, today was amazing. This conversation was amazing. It's gonna help some people. I know it is. So, I'm excited for it to drop. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you again, Josiah, for joining. Uh, we really appreciate that. So, that's my final thought. Let's go. Love you guys. Love, Love you, bro. bro. Come on. Come on, man. The vibes over here. It's crazy. We got Twitch stream in the back. It's crazy. Got the little stocking, little Christmas. You guys see that? Twitch stream in the back. It's crazy. It's crazy. But but that being said, I guess since I'm on my, you know, racial justice high horse, um, like make sure you're getting content and learning from people that don't just look like you. What Talent yeah. said is huge. If the con like it it hits different. Like, I remember the first time I heard a pastor who looked like me, I was like, hold on a second. I can preach like that. 
because I used to show up to students and um, and Josiah's kind of seen like the the evolution of this. But I used to show up and be like, "Oh, hello, my name's Nate Ferdinand. How's it going?" And and then I just had to be like, "No, Nate, be you." Uh, because student, you're going to be able to diversify what a student sees throughout their ministry life or throughout their whatever life. And so make sure you're learning from different avenues. That's why we had Josiah on because he's an Asian pastor, an Asian pastor, a person in Tacoma who's loving students, loving people well. And it's a different voice than what some people expect. Yeah. So Josiah, thank you so much, bro, for hopping on the podcast I would say we'll talk to you soon, but literally I'll probably talk to you tomorrow. Actually, we're streaming <laughs> in about 40 minutes, so it's... <laughs> Yo, hey, how can I get on the, the stream, cousin? What's up? You got Warzone? <laughs> no, I got Madden, though. Yeah, I'm not good at that game. <laughs> Has that I'm been proven before? I was going to say, Josiah, you laugh kind of hard. You beat him a couple times or what? <laughs> uh, I play, oh. I, I'll play Madden. Look, look. I'm that guy that after the Seahawks put the Eagle, uh, Seahawks put the Eagles, I go oh, on. Speaking speaking of, how I'm you going, feeling right now? <laughs> we definitely didn't talk about. We didn't talk about sports. You know that's my favorite thing to talk about, bro. You guys got scraped last night, G. Hey, bro. Hey, man. You know you take it on the chin, bro. At least this is this is my this is the thing that bothers me. I know is if you're gonna suck, just suck. Don't like we're like teeter tottering on being the best in the division. Or the worst in the division. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like, come on, you. Look, oh, man. if we it's win the division, we get pick twenty. If we lose the division, we got pick six. How does that make sense? How does that any of that make sense? And so, like, I'm over that it. side of that side of the like the NFL just needs like a wash. Like, it, it just needs a wash. Hey, Seahawks Eagles, fans, I don't want to hear it. Remember when you the Redskins seven and nine? You said what? Remember when y'all made it to the playoffs at seven and nine? I don't want to hear oh. it. For sure. I remember. But I don't know if you guys are going to win seven games this year. No, nah, we go. Look, first of all, I, I learn how to throw the ball. No more interceptions. He's got 18 this year. No more. That 15, doesn't work. 15, bro. Chill Put Hurts in. 15. Put Hurts in, bro. Put Hurts in. Hey, you just said that you you're get, sooner. How you going to get his. How you no gonna more get sooner, his, baby. <laughs> how you going to get his confidence up with that one play where he completes a pass for, for more yards than Carson Wentz has done the entire game and then pull him? I don't, I don't get it, bro. If I was, that was messed up. if you're gonna make a decision, make a decision. Put them in for one game, like one play. Because, because then what that does is that messes up both their confidence. Exactly. Carson Wentz is like, oh, I'm being benched, and then <laughs> I'm being benched, like, and then Hertz is like, oh, I'm Hertz starting is like, now. Oh, I'm starting. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> Wentz goes out, and it, it was that it, was tough. It there, our team is terrible, <laughs> but man, y'all know when you got some pad leaders, it trickles down. All right, this is the last thing I'll say because your coach made me mad yesterday. He said I was with the Detroit Lions for nine years, and or I was with Megatron in Detroit, and y you're not there yet. Oh no, Jim Swartz. Jim Swartz said that our defensive coordinator. And he said, yeah, he made me mad. He said that that he was with Megatron for what nine years or something like that, and you're nowhere near him yet. Bad. Did like, you uh, he's got more yards than Megatron had in his first year. So yeah, especially wrong, in the second buddy. year. Yeah, and, exactly, so. and he was like, "Well, no, that's not how I meant it." I said, "There's no way you could say that." Like that'd be like if I was like, "Hey, bro, you know, you've been doing it for a while, but there's no way you'll be as good as this pastor." You'd be like, "Hold on a second, yeah. like what?" <laughs> <laughs> there's no way that's like a compliment. Yeah. And so I'm glad he I'm I I knew DK was gonna go off on us and I was glad he went off on us because I'm yep. glad Darius Slay got cooked. 
and I, I call it fair either way. And so y'all whooped us. Those it was it was just a game. It happened. But it's gonna be a shame. Week seventeen, they gotta flex the five nine and one Eagles and the five and ten uh Washington football team to primetime because they gotta see who's the division winner. That's gonna be crazy. I'll see y'all then. <laughs> That's gonna be crazy. Six nine and one NFC cha- NFC East champs. <laughs> That's gonna be nuts, bro. Oh, Lord. You guys got me. You guys got me excited. Anyway, hey Josiah, thank you so much, bro, for hopping on the podcast. Thank you for your realness um, and being genuine, bro. You bet. For and, sure. You guys uh, rock. To Lynn YKTV, baby. You know the vibes. <laughs> I, that's just my YKTV. <laughs> Young Kings Television, baby. You know the vibe. <laughs> Young Kings Entertainment. <laughs> um, and hey, we're dropping jo- me and dropping a rap track. Um, Can we get a pop- snippet? Yeah. We'll- oh, right now? Ah, oh, no, 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 no. Nah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, this will drop really. before the 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 actual um the 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 song comes out. But man, we love y'all. This will drop on Monday. Uh, thank y'all for listening to this last episode about relationships. Uh, it was super great. And we love y'all. And peace. Peace. Peace.